Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au. Predict Australia's score with a crystal ball. And it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals. All thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. to the top. He is an absolute legend of the game. This is your Football Life with Rex Hunt for Tobin Brothers Funerals. Celebrating lives. Hey Matthew, g'day to you and g'day to you right around Australia and in fact the globe on the world wide web. I'm Rex Hunt and this is your footy life. And in the VFL and AFL, thousands of men have played the game at this the highest level and coached as well to a higher level. Some play and move on, others have more of an impact. They make a lasting impression that will indelibly be recorded in the history of the game forever. Such is the case with our guest today. Playing 80 games for the Tigers and between 1964 and 1970 and being a member of the 1967 drought-breaking premiership side coached by Tom Hafey. He coached 139 games at the highest level at Richmond, St Kilda and back at Richmond. He uh, is just... uh, just on the line now, and we say very, very good day to you, Tony Jewell. G'day, Rex. How are you, mate? Well, I'm all right. Um, you know, I, I've got so much to talk to, apparently, you know, about the culture of Richmond and how many coaches yeah. and how many years. But where did it all start for you? Because I, I seem to recall when I was in the under-19s with Slug Jordan, when you arrived, you came from Oakley, who were playing in the VFA. Is that correct? That, that's right. Um, I started my, well, underage football at Caulfield, down at South Caulfield, and uh, a bloke by the name of Milne McCook, who was playing for Oakley, he played a few games with St Kilda, asked me to get my, and my brother to go up and uh, try up for, uh, for Oakley. I was 16 at the time, and um, I had no idea what the BFA was, but uh, I soon I soon learnt uh, the yeah. first practice game, um, some bloke biffed me, and um, <laughs> <laughs> the first game of the year, there was an all-in brawl against Sandringham. And, uh, Goodness so, me. Yeah, so I soon wake up to what the BFA was about. That game down at Beach Road, Sandringham, didn't involve a member of the cloth who would on Sunday worship the good Lord and on Saturday belt the Scheisenhausen out here, was it? <laughs> Dennis Oakley? The, the, the Reverend Dennis Oakley, what a beauty, <laughs> mate. Mate, he, he, he could have walked on the walls. He, the, the, <laughs> the language and that, and he belched him. He, oh, mate, he was a beauty. And then, um, then um, Sabia from... Uh, the devil uh, after the game. So it <laughs> was a beauty. Oh, I loved him. I uh, played a bit in the VFA at the end of my career. It was a tough enough competition, but apparently, you know, before then in the 50s and 60s, you know, uh, before they started to play on Sunday, they would get big crowds on the VFA during the Saturday. Was that correct? Yeah, well, huge crowds. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, especially especially those sort of traditional sides, Port Melbourne and... Um, Williamstown, Oakley, Sandingham, those sort of sides, they draw huge crowds. 
and they genuinely disliked each other. You know, it was a, it was a, it was a, it was a real, um, gee, what would you call it? Um, uh, it was like in England, county against counties. Yes. Uh, you know, suburb against suburb. And no one, I mean, Port Melbourne, they just born and bred in Port Melbourne, never left. And, yeah. and Danny Nong was another one of those tough sides, you know, they were, they were, gee, and you played in that sort of, that I era did. when it was even, even better. I played in the Federal, which you're very familiar with, and uh, yeah. goodness me, uh, you either got tough or you died. You better go tadpoling because we played uh, we played the Peaks at Oakley District and all the rest of them, the Johnsons and the Joneses, and they were the offshoots of yours at Oakley. You couldn't make it there. They couldn't yeah. play, but they could fight, so they put them at Oakley Districts to belt a poor young kid from Parkdale up. That, well, well, I mean, uh, Gordon Peak used to work in the... Um, the, the abattoirs, and, then, oh. and, and he and he brought along a whole lot of raw meat one day for Albie <laughs> Pennant and nailed to the wall. We were playing standing up again, and Albie would run around whacking this raw meat and blood and stuff was flying everywhere. I mean, it was just a different, completely different year. It was just uh, mad. But it was. It. But, but wasn't it fantastic? Oh, uh, yeah. Tell, tell us about uh, the first uh, approaches from Richmond or any other league club when... You know, you had a very, very good first year, but you ran fourth in the Liston Trophy, which is just a great uh, effort for a young kid. Uh, did uh, many come knocking on the door, or was it mainly the Tigers? Well, I was uh, I, I was in St Kilda's area. I went to school at Brighton Tech, and Bob Murray had uh, been at Corbett State School with me. He got we gone on to uh, St Kilda, and yeah, uh, I was at school with a bloke called Jimmy Reed, who played in. St Kilda 66 Premiership side. Anyway, I was connected to St Kilda, and um, they they asked me down to uh, to play in a practice game uh, after my third year. And um, I walked into the rooms, and I sort of knew a lot of them, but it was I do I hadn't even trained there. And uh, Alan Jones came up to me. He said, "Look, you're going to play in the centre, and you're you're against a bloke who can play a bit by the name of Ian Stewart." And uh, <laughs> well. I don't think I even saw the ball, you know. Are there any questions? A, are there any, are there questions? any questions? <laughs> uh, so I went home and the old man said, how'd you go? And I said, look, I don't think they're very interested in me. <laughs> but, but, but I knew Richmond were, and I said, I don't yeah. know how I'm going to get out of it. But as it turned out, a bloke called Don Brickett was president of Moravin. Yeah. was my old man's best mate. And St Kilda were wooing him to, to, to take over the Moravin ground. So the old man said, "Can you do me a favour? Get me a favour. See if uh, St Kilda will clear Tony to um, to uh, to Richmond." And I've yes. no doubt Alan Jeans recalled my uh, effort in the centre against Stuart. Stewart. Yeah. So I got to clear it, and, uh, and that's yeah. how I finished up at Richmond. Uh, Tommy wasn't in the equation yet uh, when you went to Richmond. Uh, who no, were some well, of the people? Uh, I think I think Len Smith might have been there teaching us to uh, flick pass in the under 19s and then it was outlawed, wasn't it? Yeah, well, that's how another reason why I got. I actually had a couple of good seasons in the BFA, and Len Smith was coaching Coburg. Yeah, and uh, Graham Richmond had moved Len across the coach and asked him who who he thought was capable of playing, you know, VFL at that, that, that those years. And I know Albie Panham, who was our coach at Oakley, had pushed me up. Anyway, Len pushed me, and um, anyway, that's how I got there. And um, that's the greatest education I've ever had playing under Len yeah. Smith. Uh, uh, Len got crook, and I think Skinny Titus replaced him. And uh, I was a young kid from Parkdale, and you said, "Rex, you got to—he doesn't talk, talk louder. You got to sit in the front." 
<laughs> and I was covered covered in saliva. Uh, and, you, and, and you and Mike Patterson and Swifty were giggling at the back for this young kid at Parkdale with pimples. Skinny. <laughs> he was different. I tell you what, not only skinny, but he's kicked over 900 goals. What a player. What a player. What oh. a player. He must have been. I mean, I never, <laughs> obviously didn't see him play, but I, gee, he was, he, he, I mean, he was just, he had no weight on him. He was tiny. He, oh. He was, um, gee, he, he must have, um, he was a non-drinker. He was unusual yeah. those days too. Yeah, but, but um, particularly oh, yeah, during the 60s and 70s, you non-drinker at Richmond, you were just like if you had the bubonic plague. Plague, wasn't it? But, um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I can remember when he took over from Len Smith and uh, he took us up to the boardroom to, for a meeting and uh, <laughs> our president, Ray Dunn, had just put down this beautiful pure wool yellow carpet <laughs> and um, we were sitting around the board table waiting for the teams to come out and... Um, anyway, Ray Dunn introduced Len, uh, the, the Jack Titus, and Jack had a gap in his teeth and he spat on the carpet. <laughs> <through> the cap- <laughs> well, I had to bite my wrist and stop laughing because Ray Dunn, I thought, was going to have a stroke. He just went red in his face. <laughs> I think Ray eventually did have a stroke. He used to he eat too did. many pies. But uh, you're listening to This Is Your Footy Life, folks, brought to you with Tobin Brothers' special uh, uh, best wishes. Not for you, Tony, although I can get 20% off for the prepaid. <laughs> We're talking to Tony Jewell. Uh, tell us about the Hafey era, you know, with Len Smith's crook, Skinny's coaching. When did the plan from Graham Richmond and the board come from going to the MCG for home grounds and, more importantly, Tony Jewell playing six-foot-two uh, blokes on yeah. the wing? Yeah. Well, that was a lot of Len Smith. So Len Smith set down the, uh, the, the, the style of game and I can remember Graham Richmond take me away recruiting one day saying that Leonard told him just don't bring me anyone into the club that's under six foot unless he's an absolute out and out champion. Wow. He said, Give me key position players and I'll turn them into anything. Yeah. And if you recall Dickie Clay was a, a centre half forward, he played him on the wing and um you know, I I saying I was six foot two and a half back flank. We were a huge side. I remember yes. going to the tribunal one night and Alan Morrow was first rack of St Gilda. I towered <laughs> over him. You look like a um, midget. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we were a huge side, and and that long kicking game, um, bypassing the line in front oh. of you. I mean, it just suited the big, big, big blokes. And all those blokes could run too. Barry yeah. Richardson, David Cook, or yourself. I mean, it was it was, it was, it was, it was there for the taking. Sixty-seven, wasn't it? Wasn't it? I, I, yep. You did very well in '66. So I think when we won the uh, reserves uh, and the under 19s uh, grand final. Did you final. play in that game? Sorry, Rex. That's '66. Yeah, yeah, I did. And uh, what, a, what a team it was. Just absolutely, and then to see all of those blokes, uh, you know, make it the next year, and then a few of us the next year, it was absolutely yeah. sensational. Uh, must have been exciting. Uh, Graham Richmond, what a character! But he pointed it out that Richmond had been the kicking block for too yeah. many years, and Tigers, we've had enough, and we're not going to take it anymore. It was just inspirational stuff, and a great place to be, Tony Jewell. Wasn't it? And it didn't matter what we did. I can remember going that do tug of war at the world of sport and that and we got beaten and he was livid you know that we uh, you just everything you did you had to win yeah. for the Tigers and it didn't matter what what it was at and uh, yeah oh he, you know he, he I don't know how he survived in the, in the in the climate of football these days but gee he was a revelation wasn't he to us uh, he was quite an intelligent man too and uh, but no tough, doubt he you know and uh, he and Octa Wilson were just a, a great team they 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 stuck up for the club at the VFL and AFL board and uh, I mean they didn't take nonsense from anyone and they expected it on the field and Tommy I mean t- Tommy was a tough little bloke himself he yes he was I mean, 
He's, just come out of the Goldman Valley, uh, captain coaching right. Shepparton to four consecutive flags, that's hadn't right. he? Yeah, yeah, he had. And um, but he uh, he introduced it with Len the style of game that Len introduced. Tommy just added that toughness and um, and fitness. God, we were fit, you know. I mean, yeah. it's, um, so um, and Tommy was a, a people's person, and he just bonded us all together, and away we went. It was, uh, but the recruiting. When you think about the pipeline of players oh. that came through that club in that area, gee, my. But I think also, Tony, I said, uh, you know, at, at a function uh, for at the Jack Dyer Centre the other day at Richmond that it, it was an attractive place to be. And uh, people like Robbie McGee and Paul Sproul, uh, people like Ricky McLean, no managers in those days. We just negotiated yeah. our $25 a win and $15 <laughs> a loss. But, Tony, you, you can explain it better than me. People contacted Richmond and said, how can I get a game for you blokes? Yeah, they, uh, well... I think when we started, I mean, Graham was a one-man band and he had contacts all over Australia, but people were. Yeah. I mean, and I think Jack Dyer was a terrific help in those days uh, recruiting around the country. But, yeah, parents wanted their kids to come to the club. Yeah. Um, uh, but, gee, I mean, when you look at some of the sides, that 66 uh, reserve premiership, that would win the grand final a day. Just amazing. Yeah, and, uh, first level. Yeah. Out of the break, we'll talk about that as well because I think even today it's true that you've got to have 20, about 28 blokes on your list, Tony, uh, just in case something goes wrong and Hawthorne are the perfect example. Uh, someone goes out, another person comes in, and you as a coach and a player, it should not be recognisable to the normal person in the stand, the style of play, because that's just the, uh, the make-up of the game. Yep, yep, now I agree. Um, you're good. Be, I'll, give you, I'll give you another go out of the break. Folks, take a break. <laughs> Realise you're listening to This Is Your Footy Life, brought to you by Tobin Brothers Funeral, celebrating the footy life, and we're talking to Tony Jewell. Dream rises to the top. He is an absolute legend of the game. You're listening to This Is Your Football Life with Rex Hunt for Tobin Brothers Funerals, celebrating lives. <laughs> Richmond Premiership player Tony Jewell has joined us and Richmond Premiership coach Tony Jewell is with us as well. The only living Premiership coach. And I was watching an old Mike Sheehan uh, open mic with you uh, a few weeks back and Tony, you just said, I think it was 18 months ago, you're on there. Exciting times at Richmond and you're just about to welcome another flag back to uh, Punt Road and Vickery's the one to put them on uh, on the road. Where do you think you went wrong with that prediction? Um, well, I'm still, I'm still hoping it, it's not wrong. I've still got hope for him. I mean, he's still only 25 or something, and he's six yeah. foot eight. And, uh, gee, you, 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 yeah. And if if he could start influencing a game, you know, with, along with Rewald, I mean, it'd make yeah. a huge difference to him. But he's just so much. He, reminds, he reminds, reminds me of Eric Moore. You got to put a you know a cracker under his backside and just say you've kicked seven against Collingwood and you can't get a kick against Fitzroy. I, I just need I'm yelling from the commentary position because how would you and me like to have the size, the agility, the marking power, and the accuracy? The only problem is at the moment he can't get the ball. He goes, well, old Jack Dyer said he goes goes where the ball ain't. <laughs> it's no but good he, being with the ball ain't. Ball ain't, no. When yeah. he, I mean, I, I wouldn't be able to control myself. He wouldn't be able to play under me. Some of his efforts, yeah. I mean, I, I'd be out of a tree. I don't know how the players put up with him. Yeah. Um, he could undoubtedly ability, and you're right, he'll kick seven goals one day, and the next day he does give 
Gibby. Well, it's so, all about consistency, and of course, you know, he's still got plenty of time. So I hope to, I might interview in a few weeks, a few years' time, and say, "Well, you were right." Wouldn't it be lovely? It just yeah. seems so long ago, 1980, and we'll get on that for a moment. Uh, after '67, you were a member of the side that broke a drought, and Richmond were often running in their golden era. Uh, in the early 70s, you found yourself at Caulfield as playing coach. And uh, yeah. I can remember those days, Tone, uh, that the VFL was played on a Saturday, the VFA on the Sunday, yeah. and my goodness me, it was all roads leading to the Caulfield Oval for the Richmond players because we just followed you in droves. Well, that's an exciting time for you. And number two, how important was it for the apprenticeship of the coaching career that you were just about to embark on? Oh, look... Um that was was important. Um, I mean, I I never had any grand designs ever coach it. I mean, I went coaching because I just got married and I needed needed money, and you got more money to play. Yes. Plus, a lot of my mates from school, my brothers all played down there. My father used to be president. But um, the the lovely thing about that was that so many Richmond players not only came down and watched us play, but Neville Crowe came down and played, came out of retirement. Paddy yes. Ganane, Eric Moore, you know, with John Perry, it went on and on. The the the, the, the mates that I played with at at, um, at Richmond uh, came down and uh, and joined us. And um, yes, a lot of the attraction was the aftermatch show where uh, all the blonde bright girls got to, of course. <laughs> Goodness you couldn't get a girl me. there. You'd need to uh, you'd go home and slit your wrist, but. <laughs> um, but it was a wonderful time, and, and most of those blokes are still my those Caulfield fellows are still very good friends of mine. In fact, a lot of them are running, I help running uh, the Serena Football Club down here, so which is a very successful club. Well, it is, and, and their lunch is legendary oh, and uh, yep. just absolutely magnificent. Uh, you took uh, Caulfield, <clears throat> beg your pardon, you took Caulfield from the second division to the first division in winning the flag. And uh, you must have been very, very proud. From memory, I, you were a playing coach, weren't you? Yeah, yep, I was. How yeah. difficult was that or how good was it? Um, well, it was like everything. I mean, I didn't find it difficult um, uh, at all. I had some good good people on the bench, and, but I just... Uh, I, actually, I found it a bit of an advantage, you know, to yes. be on the, on the spot. And, um, and I certainly wasn't a dominant player. I think it did affect my form, but I, I, I still still had it held up my end. But uh, I thought it was an advantage looking back on it. We actually, when Richmond asked me to get back the coach to reserves, I asked Graham Richmond whether I could play um, uh, as a playing coach there, but they, they wouldn't allow me, and they just said, look, you're, you're taking the place of a young bloke. But, yeah. um, but I actually enjoyed the playing coaching. Yeah, I did. Barry Richardson uh, in 1978 uh, felt the wrath of the club that he gave a lot of blood, sweat and tears to and they came after you. Tell us about the approach and tell us about the appointment and uh, tell us about that exciting era that uh, culminated in that wonderful flag in 1980. Well, it's fun. I never even got interviewed for that job. I'd I'd coached the reserves to a premiership uh, the year that Barry got the the sack. um, Yeah. Next thing I know, my name is being bandied around, and someone someone asked me uh, if I was, would be interested in this, coaching the seniors, and I said, oh, "Of course, you know." And I mean, I never ever got interviewed for the job, but I suppose, like I mean, I was in the uh, they knew what I was about, and I'd yes. coach the reserves to a premiership. So different days. Uh, next thing I know, I was up in um, on the trip away up in the go- on the Gold Coast, and found out I was a coach of the Tigers. So. Fantastic. And then uh, for two or three, you know, I still had Francis Burke and 
Kevin Bartlett and all those, like a lot of Merv Kane, David yes. Kane, a lot of blokes have played under Tommy. So it was a pretty easy job, really. And um, we, we um, I was fortunate enough to be involved in the 80 Premiership. There's been a lot of publicity of good Richmond people saying, and including yourself as a Richmond person, that one of the greatest blues that Richmond ever made in getting John Petura was letting go Brian the Whale Roberts, yeah. Graham Teasdale and Francis Jackson, uh, because the latter two, well, the middle bloke, uh, Teasdale, won a, won a Brownlow, Jackson became an extremely co uh, complex confident and very, play. very confident player on half-back. But the whale was the breath <clears throat> of what spirit in the club room was concerned. <clears throat> Pardon me, did you have the same thing with Michael Malthouse, Jim Jess, and uh, the General Lee and Waitman and all those blokes? How much was the mongrel in that 1980 group contributing to what was one of the great golden years of this club? Oh, there's no doubt um, that was a pretty tough side. I mean, you got, oh, you got and, 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 and I still reckon that's a big factor in, in, in good sides. That, if you haven't got that toughness, um, yeah. you, you, you can have all the school in the world. And I mean, you, there was Emmett Dunn, there was Brian Wood. I mean, they, oh. gee, I mean, they were, they were, it was a very tough side. Little Dale Waitman was as tough as nails. Rangey yeah. was as, you know, that was a that was a very very strong aggressive <clears throat> tough side. As with as with Tommy Tony Jewell. Uh, could you, even though you were good mates with these blokes, go down on a Tuesday night and say, "I'm going to run you till your noses bleed. You're not going to leave until we do some Indian file." Did you, did you think at times that was warranted when the boys in brackets might have just got a little bit ahead of themselves? Oh yeah, I was very much a you know I was brought up under Tommy and Graham and those sort of people. And, and, yeah. And, uh, no, I was a great believer in that. And I had a my fitness bloke, a bloke called Peter Grant, who was also my business partner. Oh, the grub uh, down in the Western the Port grub, Arena. Yeah, yeah. And now he, now he's helping my son coach uh, Sorrento. So he, wow. Uh, but he, but he would run him. Uh, he, uh, he ran a terrific program, and he, he'd come to me. and said, look, I reckon we need to um, really give these blokes a workout. And um, yeah, uh, yeah, which he, which he used to do. So they didn't look. Uh, they didn't enjoy not playing well or losing games, I tell you, because the next week they knew they knew they were in for a bit of a hard time. But that was different. Yeah, yeah. Time's getting away, but I've got to cover this. This is magnificent. The ruthlessness of Richmond Football Club came to the fore when they sacked you in 1981 after winning the flag in 1980 to make way for St. Francis Burke, yep. one of the great uh, sons of all time. And they gave him the flick too, so you mustn't have felt so bad when they gave when when they said Francis, it's don't come Monday. But they went through <laughs> they went through more coaches in about ten years than I went through underpants. Yeah, ridiculous, wasn't it? When you think back on it, um, I knew uh, I kept uh, Graham Richmond kept coming to me and saying, "Francis is finished. You know, uh, you've got you've got to tell him. You know, you can't keep playing the games up." But I knew full well because everyone on the board, I had good mates on the board, and they said as soon as uh, Francis has finished playing, uh, he'll be the next coach. He'll, he'll get the so I, I kept playing Paul Francis till he, <laughs> I ran him into the ground because I knew the minute he was gone. <laughs> uh, but he's a great man, and uh, I don't regret you know you know him taking over. Or, yeah. But um, but he's yeah, what a what a servant of the club he's been. What a thrill it's been to catch up with Tony Jewell. Not only, uh, you know, a great member of my club, Richmond Football Club, and no matter where I've been, anywhere in the world, Richmond is my club. But uh, we're also premiership players and life members of the Richmond Footy Club. Uh, what do you do with yourself now, Tony? Because you sound, uh, you sound pretty in a pretty good place. You, you sound really up and about. 
Well, you won't believe it, maybe no one does, but I do a lot of painting and drawing and sketching. I'm sitting over in my uh, little um, uh, studio now. Um, so I, I play golf a couple of times a week and I spend the rest of the week just um, sketching and painting and drawing and then at night having a wine with my lovely wife. And, just magnificent. And I've got a lot of mates down here from the Caulfield days and it's just... Uh, yeah, no, I'm enjoying life, mate. Tell you what, how long, how long since you met Margaret? Because that's got to be together with my beautiful Lynn, two of the great mismatches of all time. They talk about <laughs> opposites, <clears throat> and you nearly ran my wife over when you double parked up there at the hairdressing uh, area did. in Latrobe Street. Uh, she was just a world-class model, and she still is. Uh, how does this happen with blokes like you and I? Well, everyone's asked, he's asked me that. I did. I nearly <laughs> ran up the back of a car when I saw your wife walk out the street in a mini. And then uh, and I didn't realize I was her. And I jumped out of the car to shut her up. I thought, my God, it's Rex's girl. Anyway. So, <laughs> Mate, this yeah. has been magnificent. Uh, <clears throat> isn't it amazing, just, just finishing up, and I'll just say this, that Every year we get together, and it's as if we have never, ever been apart. You know, you can it see is. Cement Ed, Eric Moore walking yeah. after 20 years, or you see Eric Leach, or you see George McGuinness. We're all a great family, and it's been lovely to chat to you with today, and uh, thanks for being my guest on This Is Your Footy Life, Tony Jewell. Absolute pleasure, Rex. Great to talk to my friend and colleague, Tony Jewell. And folks, if you check us out, check us out on Twitter at Rex Footy Life. And this is your footy life for Tobin Brothers Funerals. Celebrating lives. G'day, Mike Hussey here. Get on board Australia's best fantasy cricket game, KFC Supercoach BBL. It's fun, free, and easy to play. Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP/01005.